Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with spaghetti and meatballs behind the glass. Producer, babyface Joel Solomon, and my good, good pal, Dave Damashek. What's going on, Sheck? We did it, Sal. We made it. It's football season. By the end of this week, there are football games that count. You promise? Being you promise? You keep saying this. It. You promise? I haven't looked at the schedule. I mean, I tell you things, what. as we know, things are subject to change in uh, in the here and now. But That's unless true. something unforeseen uh, drops in the next few days, we are certain to see college football action on Saturday. And I can't wait. Well, speaking of, we don't have to really wait because come on our show today. Yes, Kirk Herbstreet has a new book out, Out of the Pocket, Football, Fatherhood, and College Game Day Saturdays. It's great. I read it last night. I stayed up. We're going to talk to him. We're going to go over pro football. Check. They have wild card odds out. You can bet on which teams will make the wild card. We have that. Baseball, preseason football, we have to talk about. Pre-season, how about high school football? How about this? In my household, the Mustangs defeated the Pirates, Check 40-6. to six. Sorry, shit. Not your Pirates, but no. local Pirates team. Young cousin Archie with his first varsity tackle. Uh, also got pancake, but we won't talk about that. First varsity tackle, very big moment. Friday under the lights. That's another telltale sign that football is here. I was very excited How to awesome. watch and it. And my boy and Jean-Claude Van Damaschek did, as as people do at, uh, at, uh, at the front end of autumn, they go out for baseball. And, oh, uh, nice. And, yes, and so he's now a member of a, uh, of a Little League team, so we're excited about that too. Well, I got to say, it, another sign of us getting older is, you know, I have a freaking kid in high school playing varsity football, and... In order to watch him, I realized Friday night I can't see a goddamn thing, Dave. I can't see anything. I, I have to watch. Your eyeballs, you mean? Oh, man. Well, because using binoculars would suck. It would be lame. So what I do is I take my phone and I do what I, I zoom in, right, mm-hmm. on the phone as if I'm taking a picture. And then I'm just that idiot who's like seems to be taking a picture for two and a half hours. And in doing so, I pressed record by accident and actually got his tackle. So that was the one time I pressed record. But I can't see a damn thing. I'm so bummed out that I can't see. I beat the curve. I don't use glasses. I went to DMV to renew my license the other day. They made me cover my eye. I couldn't read the chart. I had to distract the nice lady and memorize the chart and cheat and then cover my eye. The oh, eyes are listen. Gone. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I I encourage you, Nate, the man, go back and listen to Minus 3 with Kevin Hench. We went over those about uh, about all these things that no one warns you about when you're 25 or 30, like the youngsters, uh, Eddie Spaghetti and Mikey Meatballs. There are things that no one warns you about, like your ear. Are you getting the thing like, yeah, your eyeballs just go. You know, all of a sudden hangovers become a real thing the older you get. The thing like my ear is growing a mustache, the outer ear. Like, what the hell? When did that? What's the ear hair growing on your ear? Who decided that that was ever a thing? People talk about that. You know, it's about evolution. And that's why you still get beards and stuff. Who? At what point 
in 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 Earth's recorded history did man's ear need to to grow a mustache? Never, as far as I know. Yeah, I don't dumb. get the that's whole just thing. a practical joke on us. I think. Yeah, I think that is. Hey, what's not a practical joke? He's here, Shaq. Very excited. Oh good. oh, good. All right, as we get ready for a new season of college football, it's time to bring in a man that has visited more college campuses than a helicopter parent. College football analyst for the award-winning College Game Day and author of Out of the Pocket, Football Fatherhood, and College Game Day Saturdays. The ageless wonder, Kirk Herbstreet is here. What's happening, Kirk? How we doing? How are you? By the way, I say this about most of our guests. Like, oh, they look great for their age. Maybe we just look like crap, Jack. Maybe this is how you're supposed to live uh, uh, look no. a Let, little north of 50. Let's no? not hold ourselves to the high standard that uh, her curbs, uh, Kirk Herbstreet provides for say, all of us. He's, Gaga a, over him. he's yeah. a handsome <laughs> devil if there ever was one. Let's just <laughs> jump right in, shall we? I want to talk Big Ten. What's going to be with the Big Ten? What's going to be SEC and these Texas and Oklahoma? Yeah. What... You know, football powerhouses in college football are generally enduring. Let's just jump right into Big Ten or maybe college football's biggest rivalry. Ohio State and Michigan. And year seven now for Jim Harbaugh. First of all, how stunned are you that Michigan's program is where it is? And what what to make of Jim Harbaugh's, I mean, Relative failure, um, given powerhouse uh, bona fides that uh, Michigan generally has. Well, I, first things first is the the photo behind you. Um, <laughs> normally, normally what what happens is when Ohio State plays in Bloomington, mm. the stadium fills up. It's all red. And Indiana will take a picture to kind of show that they have a full stadium. Nowadays, that might actually be legit. That might actually be a legit home field mm. shot without. Ohio I'm telling, State. I'm telling Corso that you're talking bad about the Hoosiers. <laughs> you know, you know he uh, spent some time in Bloomington as well. Yeah. And I'll and I'll caution you, Herbie. <laughs> the the rising force in the Midwest. Uh, there's no. Are you football. kidding me? There's no like question. Tommy that's Allen's that's Tommy Allen's got them rolling. I mean, it, it's it's the real deal. I mean, were they preseason top fifteen? It's yeah. amazing um, that the, it is it is stunning to uh, to me and my peers who graduated from uh, the Hoosiers uh, way back when, when getting into any bowl game was cause for celebration. So yeah. yes, this is an exciting time. No, it, it, it's, but what about the what about the plummet of the Wolverines in the meantime? Well, let him answer. <laughs> Maybe he has an answer for this. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, I'm shocked. I'm as shocked as any. Anybody. I, I, when, when Jim Harbaugh was announced as the head coach at Michigan and you go back to thinking about him as a player and then him as a coach at Stanford and, and what he did with the 49ers, I, it was, it was like a no brainer that he would walk into Ann Arbor and that they were going to be a perennial power. Um, and it obviously has not played itself out. They can't find a quarterback. You know, they've not been able to find a quarterback. I don't know. You guys tell me, go all the way back maybe to Chad Henney was maybe the last great uh, Michigan quarterback. That was 07. Think about that. Now, I know Rich Rod and Brady Hoke, and, I mean, things got sideways with that program for a number of years. But um, I, I'm still shocked that the roster doesn't look more like Ohio State's. Um, and, and with the history and tradition, you throw in Jim Harbaugh and his background. Um, I'm hoping I'm a guy. I'm not an Ohio State guy that likes to see Michigan lose. I know that's weird. I'm most I, I like him to see him lose one Saturday without a doubt. But I'd like to see them competitive. I like to see them as a top 10 team. It, it makes the Big Ten look better, makes Ohio State look better, and it makes Indiana look better. So to have them where they are is not good for the Big Ten. 
And um, we'll see if they are able to turn it around this year. They, they seem to think they have a, a much better team that's got an attitude about them, but uh, we've not seen that play out. The real question is they were two and four last year in COVID. If they don't, if they're a five sub 500 team, what, what do they do? You know, what, what, what do they make a move? Everybody's yeah. been speculating that they, that they might, it's hard to imagine Jim Harbaugh being fired by Michigan. Um, but uh, they, they've got to get, immensely better than they have been obviously for the last few years check i didn't want to bring this up but kirk did, he did it and i wanted to butter him up before i brought up the negative but this is a pet peeve of ours right there on page 105 or i think it's right in there he said it he roots for michigan when they're not playing ohio state this is we've had scalabrini on he says he roots for ucla uh Leinert says he roots for ucla our friend jeff schwartz says he roots for the pac-12 teams other than oregon you you document that you come off the field you guys you guys tied michigan right this was your yeah. senior year you come yeah. off the field you're emotional obviously understandably and you talk about desmond howard like i have such respect for that guy and i have such respect for michigan maybe it's us as fans we just don't understand try to explain once and for all how you can root for michigan when they're not playing ohio state that, that's the key is when they're yes. not playing ohio state and I, like i said i think it has everything to do with as a kid growing up if you beat a bad michigan team it's it just doesn't have the same satisfaction right. than when you beat a Michigan team that's undefeated or a Michigan team with one loss. I, I think it makes you look better. As I said, it makes the conference look better than if they get their doors blown off. The same thing. And, you know, I lived in Nashville for 10 and 11 years and it's SEC country. There's nothing that makes me more frustrated than Indiana going to a bowl game and losing to Ole Miss. Like I want Indiana as a Big Ten guy to win by 50. Uh, and, and every non-conference game, Indiana or Michigan, any of these teams play, I want them to do well because it makes the Big Ten look better. And and to kind of nail it down to just Michigan, that's how I feel about Michigan. Now, when they play Ohio State, I hope they lose by 100. But when they play Ohio or when they play anybody but Ohio State, it, it, like I said, it's it's easy to respect them and, and hope that they do well. Yeah. But <laughs> what's, I, I don't want to split hairs with you, Herbie, but. It's okay, Michigan, because Ali needed Frazier and Frazier needed Ali. Let's not do the whole conference, though. That's getting a little bit uh, a little bit silly. You need one chief rival, but Michigan has fallen away and is irrelevant now. It's the Indiana Hoosiers. That's you need you need at least two good teams in a conference. Now we have it, so we're all set. But with this with this weird space that we're now in in college football and I don't know what the next couple of years are going to look like with Texas and Oklahoma kind of out there waiting to go to the SEC but that sort of conference pride is owed to regionality you you know Big Ten was all packed into a few states there and I want to see who are best how they do against those fast Florida yeah. teams or the sling it around West Coast teams that's all going to go away now right I mean it's now <laughs> Yeah. West Virginia's in the Big 12. That makes no sense. Yeah, it feels that way, right? Where, where are we headed right now with college football with Texas and OU? You know, their Southwest Conference, right? And then the Big uh, Big 12. And now all of a sudden they're going to be going into the SEC. What's going to happen to the Big 10? Like, where will the Big 10 be in three years or five years? What will the Pac-12 be in, in three or five years? Where, just where, where are we going to have – as you say, where are we going to draw the line between where these these teams are and where do they fit in as far as the map? I, I think we potentially are going to have this four, these four super conferences. I think you potentially see them pull away completely from the NCAA. 
create their own governing body, create only one conference commit, one commissioner. Like imagine if Roger Goodell was just in charge of the NFC South, like Roger Goodell is in charge of the NFL. You might not like him, whatever, but I'm just saying he's at least the voice in in our sport. We've got five Roger Goodells. Now we have the PAC 12 that has the guy that's worried about his own constituents, his coaches, his ADs, his presidents, his players, his fans. Greg Sankey's worried about the SEC and his group. Kevin Warren's worried about the Big Ten and all around the country. It's very hard to imagine a future where everybody doesn't trust each other. Everybody's worried about what the other guy's doing. And we're supposed to collectively move the ball down the field as a sport. I think eventually we've got to get to a position where we have one voice that makes the decision on what's best for this sport. And until we get there, we're going to have a lot of chaos. Fine. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad someone stepped up. Uh, Kirk, I, I want to talk about your dad. Uh, is it all right to talk about your dad? No, you, you yeah. I mean, this, uh, this book is uh, such a tribute to your dad, a lot of it. And he learned at the knee of Shem Beckler and Woody Hayes and so much more than my father or Dave's father. Cause my father, uh, went on a business trip to Dallas and bought me a shiny Cowboys jacket. Now I'm, I'm, from, I'm a New Yorker. I'm saddled with this losing franchise for eternity. But uh, your dad, one of the things he did, and it, in retrospect, it may seem easy because he had Ohio State roots, but you were thinking of transferring. And I feel feel like so many more players and, uh, you know, A-list players transfer now. How hard was it for you not to transfer? You saw... In the future, you weren't going to be probably quarterback until senior year at Ohio State. Was that a huge decision? I know he helped you make the decision. I know you're glad you made the decision to stay. But that's got to be tough for a kid in your position or any position like that. Yeah, for, for me, it's really, it, it was devastating because I grew up you know, dreaming of playing for Ohio State and, and then to, to have that dream. And I could have gone to any school in the country and I choose Ohio State and I fall flat on my face for three years. I'm a bust. I'm a why is he here kind of guy. I was very cynical. Um, I didn't think I wanted to be there. Definitely thought about leaving, wanted to maybe go play baseball. Just didn't want to be there and, and deal with that day in and day out. And my dad told me, hey, give it one more spring, kind of see where things are on the back end of that spring. And, and then if you want to leave, then, then let's figure that out at that point. And I did. And I, I battled and, and came close. Me and another guy named Kent Graham, uh, he ended up kind of was 1A, I was 1B. And that was kind of how it was my junior year. And then I ended up being a captain myself uh, my senior year. So, you know, it, it ends up playing itself out. Um, I'm very adamant on what I personally learned by going through that. It wasn't easy. It wasn't something that I was like, boy, this is fun. But you look at a player in 2021, they they quickly go to transfer portal. You know, things don't go their way. They don't like a coach. They're gone. They're not in a starting position. They're gone. And I don't know, maybe that's the right answer for that time. But when you get older, I don't know about you guys, but every day you're dealing with crap. Every day things aren't going your way. And I just hate that we're going to teach these guys that when things go, go, go badly, it's easy. Just go to another school. So I'm happy that I made it through it. It wasn't easy. I wouldn't have, you know, made that decision then, but as a 50 year old, looking back at it, that was a game changer for me yeah. getting through that and, and learning a lot of life lessons along the way. You yeah. might've in hindsight, you could have probably beaten out Dave Schnell and gotten the uh, starting gig in your <laughs> freshman year there at Indiana university, but you went, you're aesthetically pleasing. You went to Ohio state. I, I suspect it had something to do with the uniforms. Real quick, Kirk Herbstreet, win play show. Best uh, three uniforms in college football. Oh, 
I'm a traditionalist. So I, I would put, I eliminate Ohio state. I would put USC. I like their USC uh, uniform. Okay. Um, this is going to kill you, but I like the Penn state uniforms. Cool. Oh, I, mean, I love it too. I hate I, the team. I like the uniform. Yeah. But I mean, the uniform sweet. Um, and then I, I really like the uh, Texas away all white uniform. Oh, oh. wow. Two handsome devils parking their cars in the same garage. I though those would definitely be in my top five as well. I mean, it's not fair. You have thirteen Oregon uniforms to choose from. Like they, I know. Really, I, it, it, they yeah, pick yeah. one or three or five. It ain't right. But you know what? I'm I'm pleased to announce as my first move of commissioner of college football, Kirk mm-hmm. Herb Street is now officially the uniforms are. Oh yeah, why not? Thank you. Thank you. Let them do everything. I appreciate Let them that. Do it all. Sure. I, I know <laughs> we only have a couple more minutes with you, Kirk. Uh, real quick. Heisman odds are out. Uh, I'm going to figure out how to say DJ Wigalale's name, but he's 11 to 1 odds. We saw him do good things about against, you know, as a starter, I think he's got the goods right there. 11 to 1. Spencer Rattler's the favorite. Who do you have? You have anyone outside of those two? Oh, man. Um, I'd like to give you some better better odds. Okay. Bryce, what's, what's Bryce Young right now? From, Bryce from Young home? is. 12 to 1. He and JT Daniel are 12 to 1. So um okay. yeah, that's right there. What about what about CJ Stroud from uh from Ohio State? Is he even on the is he even have a number associated? Um let's see. He no, he's out for the year. You <clears throat> here? No, no, I'm kidding. No, I'll, no, I'll, he I'll just <laughs> Yeah, he just got announced a starter uh for Ohio State, the starting quarterback. CJ uh, Stroud 16 to 1. Yeah, that's not that's not bad. How about how about uh, North Carolina Sam Howe? Yeah, he was good luck. He's also 16 to 1. So you, about, I guess uh, with a QB like that, he better put on a show when he goes against Clemson or else that yeah. does it for yeah, his chance. Yeah. Like well, you guys know what the, the, the Heisman anymore, it's basically you're trying to, if you're going to do a future play, you're trying to figure out not necessarily who the best player is. You're trying to figure out who the quarterback is on a team that's going to finish in the top three maybe two or three right. in the country. <clears throat> I mean, that, that's basically what you're selecting. Mm-hmm. So try to find a quarterback that, that you think's going to, you know, make a run. Like what team do you think's going to make a run? I mean, Derek King from Miami would be, I mean, you'd be rolling those, the dice because the Canes would have to get through Clemson and North Carolina to get there. But he, you know, your, your quarterback Davis at at Indiana is going to put up ridiculous, if he stays healthy. You would think so, right. And he's got some great receivers. That and you're allowed to stumble if you're Indiana in terms of perception. They can lose yeah. a game. I think Emory Jones down in Florida is an interesting one, yeah. too, because yeah. he can have a bad game. But if they knock yeah. off another SEC powerhouse and he leads the way, I think uh, there will be a case there for him. I, I, if I were taking one, I, I again, taking a flyer, take Sam Howe. I mean, can North Carolina, can they dethrone Clemson? Can they, can they win it? Can they win the ACC championship? And can Carolina, he's going to put up insane amount of numbers and he's going to be uh, much like Spencer Rattler. He's going to be the face of the sport. People are going to be talking about him all year. So Sam Howe might be a, a good one to look at. All right. You know, it's weird because this time last year, there weren't even odds on Devonta Smith, right? Like uh, right. About four, when Waddle got hurt, I think it went to like a hundred to one for Smith, but then you couldn't really even see him uh, the first yeah. three weeks. So, but that was an anomaly. That's probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look in the last 20 years, I, I think he was the first true receiver, I think since Desmond, maybe yeah. since like going back to 91. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost always, always a quarterback, almost right. always. If, if you're looking at it in August and trying to, trying to figure it out, p- take a quarterback on a team that's going to finish in the top five. And that that's, that's going to give you a shot to win it. Speaking what? of Justin Fields, 
Should he start? Does it matter? Uh, is it going to cost the Bears a Super Bowl? I, if they I, make no, no I, I would play Dalton. I'd play Dalton early, kind of yeah. see how he how he goes. If things don't go well, um, I, I would put Fields in there. I, I, I just think I'm huge. I'm you know when when Haskins got drafted out of Ohio State, I was not standing up like defending him or saying how. And nothing against Dwayne Haskins. It's just I think he needed another year of college. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields a different deal. This kid, the Bears got a franchise quarterback, a superstar, has nothing to do with his first preseason game. I said that the night of the draft because of his personality. The guy has an edge about him. He's a competitive M. You know, he's a competitive guy. And you will see his ability to create. What I love about quarterback is he can make his offense want to play for him and his defense believes in him. Justin Fields is in that locker room. He's just an alpha. You know, he's that kind of guy. I just, with all that being said, I don't know if you want to throw him out there when you have a capable quarterback in Andy Dalton. See how Andy Dalton will do? It's a guy that used to go to the playoffs almost every year with with the Bengals. So give him a chance, see what he can do. And if you know, if two or three games it's not working out, then then give the rookie a chance to go. Yeah. You do you think you mentioned Dwayne Haskins? Do you think that there's room for him? Everybody's uh, story flows a little bit differently. You don't have to hit your hit the ground running day one necessarily. Can Dwayne Haskins, in your opinion, turn it around and be a a legit number one QB in the NFL? You know, I don't know. I I think his physical ability is there. I I think it's, you know, when when I'm projecting a college quarterback to make it in the NFL, I think it has more to do with how does he process coverage? You know, in college, you're looking at two, maybe three coverages a game. And the NFL on one series, you're going to see two or three different coverages. And it's impossible to predict which guy can go from college and not see very many coverages and then go to the NFL and be able to to go go right through it and pick it up. And it's all about processing, making good, quick decisions and getting the ball out accurately. And, you know, he has that ability. He's got if you're just going to watch him throw a ball, you're going to go. That guy has as good of ability as anybody. But what we've seen so far in his career, he's not it's not firing the clicking and the decision making and the accuracy hasn't been there. So to say, oh, yeah, he's eventually going to figure that part out of it. Literally, I don't I don't even know if he knows that. So um, I'd like to see his physical abilities and his his processing get at the same level. And if that ever happens, then then he'll definitely play. But let's uh, let's continue to monitor and see how he develops and and figure out that the mental aspect of the NFL. That's tough to do. Hey, Kurt, you know what's tough to do? Get a, a bowl game named after you. And somehow my cousin, my stupid cousin, Jimmy Kimmel, has done it. <laughs> Since the weekend <laughs> before Christmas. It's what? What is it, Shaq? It's the Mountain West champ against the number five in the Pac-12. What do you think about people getting just celebrities and otherwise getting that, bowls named after them? It's bizarre. You know, I mean, I saw that. I saw that. And I, I mean... It, you know, when we were all kids, they had about, I don't know, 15 bowl games. Yeah, right? right. And it was it was like a big deal. You know, you were kidding earlier about Indiana just trying to go to a bowl game. It was impossible right. to get to a bowl game back in the 80s and 90s. I mean, it, it, they, were, they only picked a certain amount of teams. I mean, you had to win nine games to get to a bowl game. Now it's like you're five and seven. Ah, well, you're good. You're good. We'll let you get into the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl this year. Um, <laughs> I, so I think it's bizarre. It, it, I think it just in today's day and age with social media and brands and popularity, it's not shocking. 
Um, nothing against Jimmy. I think he's hilarious. I enjoy <laughs> everything about him, but it's pretty weird to, to name bulls after people. That's yeah. for sure. Well, if you, oh, Herb you Street's bitter. That's I what know. I hear. I hear no. the Herb is bitter right now. <laughs> no. I have to say, he's in his 26th year of this. He should have a bull named after him, too. And no, no. Or so and no. all, all these people. Yeah. No, 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 no. Herb Street, you agree, though, I, I, what I'm gleaning, or maybe this is just old man Dave talking, uh, shouting at the clouds, but it was bad. The BCS and now the playoff and everything else, and I'm I, you converted me recently by saying that if we don't expand the playoff, we're just dooming ourselves to the same three to five teams yeah. being in that mix every year. But wasn't it better in the 20th century when all hash was settled on New Year's Day? You had five bowls, and when you put your head on the pillow at the end of it, you knew who the national champion was every year, right? Mm -hmm. How say you? I love that. I, that. That was the glory years you know, for the sport. But now it's just such a different animal. You know, I mean, the, the playoff and really the BCS started it. We had the two teams uh, and now we have four teams. And once we I think the playoff took it to a different level of intensity. And it's almost like now we've created if you're in the four, you matter. If you're five or six, you matter. And if you're like eight or nine or lower, you, it's like you're in the NIT for March Madness. Mm -hmm. And how bad is that? Like March Madness has 68 teams. Yeah. College football, we're talking about four. Only four, and it's always Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. So we're really talking about one. So we've got to change the postseason. We have the best regular season and the worst postseason in all of sports. So we've got to expand it. We've got to get more teams involved, more fans that think their team has a chance. And where we are right now is just not healthy for the game. I mean, imagine out. imagine we're sitting here in August and there's hardly any fans think their team has a chance to make it to the postseason. That, that's yeah. not good. That's true. Quickly, let me just ask this, Sal, as far as this year's play, uh, yeah. Final Four goes. If Clemson loses to Georgia, this is the biggest uh, pre-conference game. If they're, they're out of it, right? I mean, you, you can't lose to Georgia and then run the table in the mediocre ACC and still get in, right? They, they, they might. It just, it just depends uh, where we'd be at the end. I'll tell you what would hurt them is if, if they were to lose to Georgia – and then Georgia's able to run the table, and then Georgia loses to Alabama right, right, in the right. SEC championship. And now those two teams at four and five and six involve Georgia and Clemson. Clemson's out under, under that scenario. Right. Um, so that could crush them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, North Carolina, if you're a Clemson fan, you got to hope that they win a lot of games. So when that, those two teams play, you would assume they might play each other in, in Charlotte in the ACC championship. It would give you – Hey, look who we beat. You know, we beat a team that's fifth in the nation in North Carolina. But uh, yeah, that, that would that, that's Clemson doesn't want to lose that game to Georgia because that would hurt them and probably almost virtually every tiebreaker. Yeah, it's weird as it is now. The odds makers have those four teams two eight, two SEC teams in the final four, which, you know, obviously uh, the, 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 the voters have uh, no problem doing that. And Oklahoma on the outside looking in. But I wonder if that would change if Clemson lost, if they would be fifth. I think I think Oklahoma's. I think they could win it all this year. I, you know, I think uh, I think they've got a defense finally, yeah. and they got a quarterback that's going to. We know what Lincoln Riley is going to do. I mean, they're going to score forty-five a game. Um, I think they, they they finally may have a team that can compete with the Alabamas and the Ohio States this year. We'll see. They might be a sleeper and a very short odds comparatively to other years to win that Big Twelve. Only minus one seventy. I'm seeing Iowa State. Everybody on uh, Iowa. State. Everybody's on Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. they become the very trendy pick, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, they're they're a legitimate program right now. Indiana and Iowa State are the two outliers right now 
up in the top 10 where people are talking about. I would throw Cincinnati, <laughs> I would throw Cincinnati in there too. Oh, really? um, oh, yeah. since, and you know, Cincinnati and Indiana play each other. Right? I mean, who would have ever thought five years ago that Cincinnati against Indiana in Bloomington is a must-see, must-see TV, but it is. That's that's a huge game for both those teams. Well, I know you have to go. I could uh, we could talk to you about this forever. I have to say, you were very nice to me, Kirk. When I met you a few years ago, you were on Jimmy Kimmel Live, you and Fowler. Yeah. And I was on a crazy ESPN hot streak. I was like 16-0-2 with my dumb picks on <laughs> Thursday night sports center. And you looked at me like, well, who do you like in the big game? It was the first year of the national championship with the playoff system. It was your team going against Oregon. I think Oregon was like a six point yeah. favorite. And I was like, I think Oregon, sorry. I think they crushed him. And you had a look in your eyes like, oh no. I was like, wait, I don't know crap. I'm, I'm just lucky here. And your team played the perfect game. They really yeah. did. They needed 13 yeah. yards, they'd get 14, Cardinal Jones, right? Yeah. They needed 16 yards, yeah. they'd get 17, and they beat Marcus Mariota. What a, yeah. I mean, that was a thrill. But, but think, of, think about this. That was a third-string quarterback, Cardinal yeah. Jones. So, I mean, you weren't, it wasn't like you were out on a limb there. I think a lot of people liked, uh, liked Oregon with Mariota and that experience that he had. Yeah, they played it perfectly. Well, Thank you so much for coming on. Out of the pocket, football fatherhood and college game day Saturdays. Pick it up. It's great. I'm going to show you. I think you know what it looks like, but I'm going to show you anyway. There it is. The great Kirk Herbstreit. He looks like he's 28 years old. Best <laughs> job in America, too. Who got, who's got it better than Kirk Herbstreit, man? Deserves you guys are beautiful. Well, Lee Corso, he gets to sit next to him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew so what a Hoosier was, I'd put a big Hoosier head over like Corso does <laughs> next to Herb Street, but I don't even know what a Hoosier is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you went there. You don't know. Some wrestlers are screwed. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kirk. Appreciate right. it. Yeah, you got it. See you All guys. Right. Take care. Thanks for having me. Yeah. He's great, Shaq. I know we a that could have gone man, for yeah. uh, two, three hours. I don't know, but um, oh, I'd I'd, I'd love to pour over just the. I mean, so many things. We preseason polls. That's the other thing. Pre, they're the worst. I love yeah. so many parts of college football. The process and the that the every mm -hmm. week matters more than it does in any other sport. The, you know, yeah. the, from the very first week, you lose a game. Like we talk about Clemson, Georgia, you lose that. You kind of lose control of your destiny it's been disrupted well a you kind of do it. until you know yeah right until the weird stuff gets involved. but the preseason but, polls are the worst because confirmation bias is a part of the human condition and so whoever wins that game so it'll be like i mean if alabama got upset by miami people's reaction would be like who who voted alabama number one in the preseason but like yeah but they're still good so they stay top five that's mm -hmm. that's rubbish that is the thing of all the things i would do away with well, maybe the the final four, but would be preseason polls. These are, I, I I can't stand because they influence the way the voters, who then ultimately have a say in who goes to the final four, they get to dictate or, or to confirm what they thought in uh, in July. It makes well, me well, yeah, I know, but whether it's the Associated Press or FanDuel hangs over under wins or you know like odds on everything, it's going to be there's always going to be a preconceived right. We're not going to. Ever yeah, but FanDuel them. doesn't get a vote in who goes to the they final don't? four. That's the difference. What the right. hell? What kind of cockamamie? I'm changing all of it. You heard the big really? news. I'm the commission now. Hey, Brian Stabline, Eddie George, Robert Smith, Butler by note, they Terry Glenn and uh, Joey Galloway. That's <laughs> a pretty good team. That's pretty good. My goodness. Yeah. That is, <laughs> what a loaded bunch. Lots yeah, like fun. I say, the Those Hoosiers in, in Herbie's yeah. freshman year, the Hoosiers pasted them in Memorial Stadium. It was yeah. a, it was a blowout. Um, 
Who you got in that game, Sal? Clemson, uh, Georgia. It's it's not too soon, Sal. It's not too soon. No, it's a handful it. of days away. I got to think about it, but okay. uh, I think I'm going uh, Georgia right there with the three and a half. Mm. I don't know. I know you think it's the biggest football. Well, I don't understand how you would, to me, if I'm a coach, I would hate this way more than playing a conference game to start. Uh, you, you were getting up. I walked in the liner yesterday. The liner's like, yeah, we're going to... Uh, we're going to Illinois and uh, and Nebraska. I was like, yeah, good, good. Let it be a good game to start. You don't you don't like the conference matchup. I, I it's funny because when I saw it, that I, I the first thought was, oh, poor Georgia. What are they? What have they done to themselves? Taking on Clemson here in advance of the SEC, and now I've kind of reversed, like I just said there. Yeah. That if Clemson loses, they're the ones behind the eight ball. Georgia is in a weird sweet spot for the for the better out there because if Georgia loses this one their odds become longer to get to the final four but I think that losing obviously a season opener to Clemson ain't the end of the world so long as you take care of business in the SEC I think you can get you'll, you'll be able to get some decent odds on them to win the SEC um I'm trying to they think lose if they lose Clemson, this game so. right if they win the SEC that's a, that's another story if they lose this game they have to put up two W's against Alabama because they'll have yeah. I, can, right, I'm not have, right. Get to the final losses. four. Right. Let me amend. It's not get to the final four. It's win the SEC. But if you win the SEC, even if you lose somewhere along the way in the regular season, then you would be a two-loss SEC that's, champ. That's if you really, lose to Clemson, but then you lose another one along the way, but then you win the the championship game against presumably Alabama, mm. then you're in a really weird spot as the final four committee like are we putting a two loss team into this thing yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves i know we are we are maybe i'm putting us ahead of ourselves let's uh let's pivot to preseason nfl right there uh you know you say these games don't matter and then big ben looks good eight for ten buck 37 two touchdowns hits the tight end that guy could be right he could be uh your claypool of of this year right free what's his name Friermuth. 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 Is that what they do? They go, oh, man. Uh, All right. So what, how much do you get to, how much stock do you put in this? You already said we don't learn anything from the preseason. Nothing, Sal. We learn nothing. Now, uh, what I do think is the, the, uh, paradoxically, though, I think there are people who have been out on Roethlisberger for seven, eight months now that probably mm-hmm. feel a little bit silly or a little bit nervous that he can't move, he can't do anything, he's washed up, he's fallen off the QB cliff, never to return. <clears throat> you watch yeah. him move around back there. There was one play where he scrambled around, and from what you can glean from it, looks like he can move at least. The arm is still alive. That was never, that was always a canard. That was always foolish speculation that the arm was dead. It's that, it's that he's got an arthritic knee, it would seem. But he moved well, pretty good. Thing. Yeah, if you physically see something that you couldn't, like he, he, he basically rolled himself onto the, the field with a wheelchair last year, and now he's nimble in the pocket. It's like, all right, I could take something from that. that I think you could take, uh, otherwise though, the preseason... I don't know who's going against who's first team, second team, two offensive linemen out. One, I could tell you right. in week one, it's probably going to start first team versus first team for all 16 games, right? That, that's the one thing that they'll, that'll catch up. But otherwise, I don't know what to make of these games. Kevin Hyper-specific yeah. example of what you're kind of getting at there is when 
uh, Tio left San Francisco and it was kind of ugly mm-hmm. as usual with Tio when he leaves a team and the divorce is never pleasant. And then he lands in Philly. And is he going to be the piece for them finally to get over the hump and all of that kind of narrative? If you recall that, I think it was the first preseason game that they stepped out on the field together. Donovan McNabb goes deep and T.O. smokes whoever is trying to cover him for a touchdown. That felt different to me. That felt like, yep, the Eagles are going to be good this year. And then they finished in the Super Bowl. But yes, there's nothing to really glean from these dumb games. Stop it, everybody. It's a lie for your eyes. Kevin now, Clark from The Ringer keeps posting this uh, news clipping from 98. Leaf right. outduels Manning. <laughs> it's like, all right, that's all you need to. That was a preseason game. So uh, I have an announcement. Guess what? The uh, the bandwagon, it's all full and it has been for some time. The trains left the station too late. If you didn't get on board with the black and gold already, you missed it. Stand at the station there and feel shame. Mm. Here come the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody. They're going over eight and a half. That's all I'll say. I'm not giving you a final record. I'll wave to the bandwagon as it leaves the train station or however that works. The train. Thank you. You're in the NFC. Your Cowboys are in the NFC, which has like two and a half good teams. Congratulations. We keep losing. We keep losing. Uh, Baltimore, though, this is one weird thing. This is you talk about stuff that we've discussed. It. You say Tom Brady doesn't get enough credit. I feel like we we discuss him uh, 18 of the 24 hours in a day. You say Shohei Otani doesn't get enough credit. Agreed. Uh, you said that on minus three. This is insane. We should be discussing that ad nauseum. The Baltimore Ravens have won 19 preseason games in a row, and they covered again. I think they're 17-1-1 against the spread. They cover, they're only like a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Carolina, and they won 20-3. to I don't know what their secret is, Shaq, but this is the equivalent of I mean, 19 games is more than a season. I mean, imagine if uh, if you won a season's worth, 170 games worth of preseason baseball contest. Like, that's this would be, when is anyone going to talk about this? When are the odds makers going to raise these lines to seven and eight and nine because all Baltimore's doing is covering? This is the strangest thing I've seen in a while. It really is bizarre. I wish I had uh, some cute answer for you. I mean, I now, should we celebrate it? Or do we need to talk about a lot? I don't know. I do think you should be betting on it, though. And I'm surprised that the bookmakers aren't adjusting off of it. Do I think it's one of our great streaks in sports history? No. But what would have to what would it have to go to? I mean, these are games. It's a bizarre fluke, right? I mean, unless like we, we talked about this a month ago, though. That which coaches actually care. Like Sean Payton has an interesting game coming up in a matter of hours here against the Jaguars as he tries to divine. I think he already knows who his QB is going to be, but that's the premise of this game is who's going to win out Jameis or Taysom. Um, But Sean Payton clearly doesn't care. He's had winless preseasons. Clearly, John Harbaugh does care, and I guess that's the difference. He does, but he's not starting Lamar Jackson. Like, Lamar Jackson's not going all four quarters. Like, I just don't know. All right, I guess, like, for fluke reason, I guess we could put odds on it. And what I'm saying is Baltimore's not a 10-point favorite every game. It's a coin flip every game, and they've won 19 in a row, or three-point favorite, or whatever whatever it is. Like you. Well, why it's interesting is, too, the coincidence of it is, uh, or the irony, whichever it is here, I'm not sure, um, is that 
their city mates there in Charm City, the Baltimore Orioles, went on a protracted streak of getting, not just losing, but getting blown out in every game they played, which is more significant. I don't know. but There's got to be a nice parlay in there somewhere. They screwed up. Yeah, they covered the plus one and a half Baltimore, I think, on Saturday against Atlanta. I didn't trust it. For some reason, Atlanta, who'd won like 13 road games in a row, or now they've won 13 in a row, I think. Uh, they, they, they were like a, under a $2 favorite. And I was like, Ooh, that's a little scary. So they blew them out two out of three. They won all three, obviously the Orioles. I know, but the one I picked on minus three is the only one that they don't win by, uh, by multiple runs like that. That's the Uh, one smiley out there. I figured this is a, this is the great time to jump in on this Orioles shame, a shameful streak. And of course. Let's stay with football. Snake Bears eyes. fans, we, we touched on it with uh, Kirk. Bears fans, they've seen enough of Andy Dalton. They just want Justin Fields. He got almost got decapitated with a brutal hit. Uh, I say don't freak out. Don't freak out, fans. He's going to be on a short leash, this Andy Dalton. It's not going to cost your team the Super Bowl if he's left in one game more or uh, half a game more than uh, he should have been. Don't freak out. I know, Shaq, you're of the mind that these, you know, these rookies, these highly touted rookies should start immediately. I'm not there. I'm not there yet. Let it be Dalton to start. I think that there's something to um, the the idea. You know, Herb Street said it. A lot of people uh, throw that out. Will Brinson said it on minus three a couple weeks ago, and it is probably right. You want to have your cake and eat it, too, if you're a head coach, which is go with the vet until it's untenable if mm-hmm. Andy Dalton at, which very well could happen people keep pointing to Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey and the rest of that Rams team this is a team that is you know close to if not for the Bucks, the favorite to get out of the NFC maybe that's too much to throw Justin Fields and feed Andy Dalton to those wolves um and then once he fails then you go with the kid same thing in san francisco i think shanahan we all know obviously doesn't believe in jimmy g but let jimmy g go until jimmy g falls on his face and then go to the kid i think i would rather be if i'm then again i don't understand the outsized uh, self-confidence that any professional mm. athlete has but wouldn't you if you're 21 and you're justin fields you're in a better spot if you're going to the pen like come save us kid as opposed to like it's all on you, week one, Justin Fields. You're you are at the start of a new era here. Go get the way Justin Herbert, yeah. maybe it's not a coincidence that Justin Herbert thrived right out of the gate because he was in there before he even knew what was happening. Like, hey, Tyrod, uh, our our bum doctor just uh right. stabbed him in the heart. So uh so you gotta go, Herbert. Like, what? Next thing he knows, he's throwing passes. Uh, yeah. versus Patrick Mahomes and everything. Maybe that's the way you want it. You don't want to sit with the pressure for a couple of weeks before you run out there as the day You want start. a bad doctor. You, you need a bad doctor by yes, your side. Yes, that's what you I'm saying. Say. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll just say this. It, it's tough to make the blanket statement that the rookie, the highly, tided, uh, highly touted, highly regarded rookie should start every single time over the second string guy, you know, over the, you know, the washed up, the journeyman, uh, however you want to label Andy Dalton. When... The top three quarterbacks right now all learned at the knee of somebody else, right? Aaron Rodgers didn't start in uh, his rookie year. Um, Tom Brady barely started. What would we get one game out of Patrick Mahomes? So you can't just say that's the way to do it or that's not the way to do it when there's data supporting both sides. And like I said, top three quarterbacks, uh, depending on, you know, 1A, 1B, and 1C 
right there didn't jump in right there. Oh, I agree with you. If you have the luxury to throw somebody else in there like that, I just also think, though, in the free agency era, that imperfect though it may be, if you use a high first on a on a quarterback, almost every situation requires that you throw him in there, even though he's going to go through fits and starts. Yeah. The way it flows now, you you have a limited window to use this guy, and so you 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 better make the most of it and throw him in there. Can I just say this? Uh, it's up in the air whether or not Trey Lance shined yes the, this weekend. You know he finished strongly, but everyone you know gets on Kyle Shanahan's case. They asked him who's starting, and he said he won't. I won't say who's starting week one. And I think Kyle Shanahan just should just lie. If he knows, like, so if he, if he thinks it's Trey Lance, if he wants to start Trey Lance, he should say, I'm starting Jimmy G. And then he starts Trey Lance. And then everyone's like, whoa, you said you were starting Jimmy G. He's like, yeah, I'm a liar. Don't ask me anything anymore. That's it. Well, we already yeah, know I'm, he's a liar. I'm unreliable. Yeah. This should, guy with his lies. He yeah. should just admit, like, I'm unreliable. These press conferences are meaningless. What would happen if he said something like that? You know, I, I know Marshawn Lynch got a lot of shit for saying, yeah, I just, I'm just going to talk because I know I'm going to get fined in these press. But if Kyle Shanahan says, just don't count on anything I say, that's not my job here. What would happen? I love it. That's a, that's a great ploy. You can't, you can't play fast and loose with the injury report. Right. But I do think with your, with your, uh, who's a first stringer, I right. don't think there's any yeah. requirement you be honest with the, with your foes. You're not I mean, showing like, anyone your trick plays, right? This is kind of the same thing. There's no, um, you know, obligated to tell. Well, it's funny because everybody like the, the, the old school football guys, like you're kind of getting at like, Hey, look, learn at the knee of a savvy vet and all that kind of stuff but even the people who think that that's the case can't help themselves trey lance comes out and has some bad series right on uh, on sunday and people are like what's up with the kid yeah, you know right. he's he, he's uh he's patting the ball a little bit too much he had an open receiver and he held it for a beat it's like yeah he's 21 and hasn't played football in, in about two years what the hell Everyone's do you want like <laughs> the people even the ones who are like you you go with you go with the vet QB. You go with Jimmy G here. Like I don't know what's up with Trey Lance. He didn't throw to the open. He's a twenty one year old guy who's, who's yep. barely played football. Settle down, everybody. All right, check. We're gonna settle down and we're gonna go. Fandle, they, they do it all right. They have you know you could bet on who's gonna win the Super Bowl. Obviously, who's gonna win the conference? Who's gonna win the division? Who's gonna make the playoffs? And now <clears throat> they've even broken it down even further now. Who is going to be one of the three wild cards in each conference? I love this. So for the AFC, the Browns, you get two to one. Obviously, the, you can bet a few of these because three of them come in, right? <clears throat> Browns are two to one and get a wild card. Ravens are two to one to get a wild card. Chargers are plus 230. Broncos are plus 270. Bills are plus 310. Obviously, they're favored to win that division. Dolphins, 320, right? Uh, I'm going to go... I went AFC, obviously NFC. They have the Niners plus one eighty-five, Rams two to one, Seahawks two to one, and so on and so forth. I'm going with the Patriots. I think this is a great way to take a team that's supposed to win eight and a half, nine games, your team, Shaq, and get mm -hmm. good odds on them. Three twenty. I don't think they're catching the Bills. The Bills are in a class of their own in that AFC East, but I think the Pats get to ten wins. Nine wins could win. By the way, I, I went over all the games. I, got, I, don't, I don't just assign a team a win value there. I go over all the games. They'll win this. They'll lose this one. I have a bunch of teams with nine wins in the AFC. I think the Patriots will grab a wild card spot at plus 320. Now, I know there's talk. There's all this, this thing with the, 
with uh, what happened? Cam Newton went uh, partying and now he got COVID or was there someone who got COVID? I don't know what the hell happened. They're going to win 10 games plus three. Right. But he, he's not apparently vaxxed <clears throat> is the takeaway from that is is part of that. It's an interesting one. I, 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 yeah. I've been that's been one for like six months that I've like the Patriots are the X factor of the AFC, not just mm-hmm. the division. They could win that division. I, I, I really believe. Really, I like the Bills. I don't. I, I don't care what happens on the field uh, outside of injuries much in August, but I do care what happens off the field. And man, that's a powder keg to me that you have. Cole Beasley, I don't even think we know what's going on with Josh Allen exactly. And then you have guys that have suffered from, I think that's potentially some real legitimate human conflict in there where everybody's not on the same page and that can be disruptive. The only thing I'll say about that is at this time last year, no one had more turmoil than the Washington football team, right? Between the owners and the cheerleaders coming out with the stories and and Ron Rivera pulled it all together. Now they weren't a great team. They won a, a crappy division, but they didn't. They didn't uh, completely combust. But why don't you take both? Bills plus 310 and Patriots plus 320 to make the wild card. Um, you're not going to win One both. One of those probably. has to be right. Maybe yeah. both will be right. You yeah. could have the both. Dolphins come out. Yeah. I think the better way to lean is towards the NFC on, on a lot of this stuff. Maybe not with the wild card, though. I'm, 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 I'm trying to think it through if you feel certain that the Bills, but they have been, they have been the prohibitive <clears throat> favorite since about December that the Bills are going to rule the AFC East forever now uh, because of Josh Allen. I'm not so sure with Tua in year two and Brian Flores and pulling that thing together. This is about the time when this team should Hmm. soar. We'll see there. Also, Belichick, it's not just a narrative that he has to come back from the, the reflected shame of Brady leaving and winning a Super Bowl without Belichick. I, I kind of practically like the way that Patriots team is set up to uh, to to bounce back defensively. And I, I like their I think they're going to be able to grind you running the ball. At least I, I'm not as worried about whether or not they're going to sling it around and keep up with Mahomes within that division. They could do well. Um, so I'm going to go with the the leaner NFC side. I keep talking about this team, the Carolina Panthers, to mm. make the playoffs as a wild card plus 430. I think that's pretty juicy stuff. Sam Darnold, who is now, I think he's now 16 years old. That statistic just keeps on. Whatever it is, like you keep hearing, like whoever gets drafted, like do you know Sam Darnold is is eight months younger than that guy? Like how much longer does this go on where Sam Darnold's the youngest guy in the NFL? I like him. I like him without Gase. I think the shame of talk about the stink of Gase is going to be washed off by Matt Rule and company. I like the pieces defensively that Carolina has to harass old man Brady. I think the Panthers are relevant in a weak NFC this year. Plus 430 to make the wild card right there. Yeah, I think so. That's a division I think is a little out of whack, right? Everyone penciling in Tampa Bay as the champ. Uh, maybe the case. I had the Falcons. I know no defense. I think they're going to be fun to watch offensively. Plus 340 to make a wild card. Not bad. I have them to win the division. So, uh, But might want to take the Bucks to uh, take the wild card plus 340. Not necessarily. Not, not, maybe not. They lost five games last year, Shaq. Everyone's gunning for them 
Prime time. I all told over the place. you, and their QB is forty three, <laughs> and I know that it's now people you, you're required to harumph at the idea of like Sam but Darnold. It, yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, who has a crystal ball to know when it's going to happen? This is we're in uncharted waters here with the with the uh, old man staggering off the boat right. drunk. We have no idea what what is. This makes no sense that he did what he did six months ago, but at some point, I mean, I guess the the the. Uh, <laughs> variable is that none of us have any idea when it's going to end because it already should have been over by right. any historical measure this should not have ha brady shouldn't be this good now but it has to end sal that's the news it has this can't continue maybe sam darnold ends it this year i i mean you like donald trump when he said one day the virus is going to disappear Mm -hmm. That's right. exactly right. right. That's right. That's it. You're right there. Uh, all right. So I say Patriots plus 320 is a good pick for a wild card slot. You're saying Panthers plus, I say 430 to uh, get a wild card slot. Those, mm -hmm. those are yep. fun. Fandle.com slash extra points. Look at your Steelers, though. I, I, just from a math perspective, Go ahead. all these teams that are expected to win eight and a half, nine games, if you're looking at a four to one odds for the Steelers to make a wild card, that's not terrible. And by the way, bet at both. Bet them to win the division and bet them to make a wild card. And unless they That's do the right way to do nine. it. If you're if you believe so bet the Browns uh, and the Steelers to both get a wild card. Well, you could card do that too. Yeah, but the it's not great odds for the Browns. It's two to one, right? Same um, as the Ravens, right? Yeah. But why don't you bet your Steelers all over the place? Bet them to win the division. What did we say that was? Steelers to win the division is what, plus two ninety or more? Oh, plus four forty. Oh, for right. God's sakes. If you think they're going to make the playoffs in any capacity, you got plus 440 and you got plus 410. Um, well, what I like best for the Steelers, a broken record, is uh, over eight and a half. That's the bet. There, right. I mean, that that if it's if you need to base it around what happened on Saturday or whatever they played that preseason game, then then feel free. But yeah. either way, they're going over eight and a half. Come on, everybody. What are, what are we talking about? The Steelers, who double-digit uh, win in their sleep with Tomlin and Roethlisberger almost every season. Now, suddenly, they're going to regress with an extra game to, to go in under nine wins? Come on, everybody. You know what's funny about Harry's this? the kook. Harry, by the way, your friend Harry... Um, now yeah. solidifies my faith in this. Now that he's sure that they're going under eight and a half makes me even more confident. Oh, this, oh yeah, I know. Oh, he's a disaster. I will say this, though. You know, you get on Mikey Meatballs and the Islanders fans, Barry Trotz. Oh, the best you could say is the team coach is good. You got a good coach. Well, the first thing off of Pirate, uh, Steelers fans' lips, including yours, is eight and a half. Mike Tomlin, all he does is win nine games. Like, all right, yeah, your team has a good coach. You want, you want another one? We also have a good GM, Sal. Kevin Colbert is already mm. the executive of the year. If the Steelers, if if the Steelers, spoiler alert, get um, have a winning record this year, Kevin Colbert is a cinch to be executive of the year. Dwayne Haskins for, for nothing. Melvin Ingram, um, bargain basement deal there. Trey Turner, he goes and gets Joe Schobert from the Jags for nothing, an essential piece for what the Steelers want to do defensively. It's all stacking up here, Sal. Get on board. Well, mm. you know what? You can't get on board. I told I'm, you. I'm too late. The station. I'm glad it's gone. Uh, clear the smog out. I will say this. Would you be as confident in the Steelers had they not won that game against the Colts in week, uh, was that week 17? 
I mean, because then it's no. a crazy losing streak. Then it right, right. No, I wouldn't be, but well, then but that, they that, did, was, so. that was uh, sure, but it was it was a difference of one play, and they were getting killed in that game. I'm just saying your confidence, Wayne. It's just it's all on a, a basically um, three real minutes of life, basically. Whereas you, all right, lost you want to play what if you've, you you you've stepped into <clears throat> the deep end, Sal. I like the what if things. And, would you uh, not have played Cleveland had you lost that game? Is that what played. you're gonna say? No, they yeah. would have played Roth- Roethlisberger. Would have started at Cleveland, and then we would see, oh, see. something different. That, that we, you don't. Week seventeen would have been Roethlisberger, and by what you're laying out here, they that barely beat Mason Rudolph. They yeah. barely the the Browns barely beat Mason Rudolph. No Cam Hayward. No a lot. No no, no TJ Watt for the Steelers right. in that week seventeen game. Those guys play. They vanquished the Browns. The team we're not talking about anymore is the Browns. Have been like, oh my God, the Browns. They 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 had a a lock on finally getting to the playoffs, and they blew it down the stretch. They can't roll with Baker Mayfield again after blowing it the way they did. That would be the narrative, not that Roethlisberger well, is washed right now. Maybe. All right, listen, Sheck. I've told you this before. One of the things I love about betting on Fanduel Sportsbook is you get more than one shot to swing for the fences. Yes. Baseball right now, new and existing users can get up to $25 back in site credit each day. Just place a minimum five-leg baseball parlay. And if it falls one leg short, oh, this is a Harry special. Speaking of Harry, if you go four for five, you get up to $25 back with parlay insurance. Been talking about this for years. Put a small bet down. Win big. You give your favorite betting features right there in the app. You get it all. There's a reason FanDuel Sportsbook's America's number one sportsbook. The app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets. And if you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours, sometimes 19, 16 hours. Who knows? Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with promo code extra points to get in on the action. That's FanDuel Sportsbook promo code extra points. Shaq, I have a winner for you today. I've not been good with these baseball games. Uh, I'm going with the parlay kid, Mikey Meatball's father. You can catch all those guys' picks every day, extrapoints.com. I'm going with it. A's, minus 132 over the Mariners today. Yes, they've been a bit cold lately. They've won three games in their last 10. Paul Blackburn making his second star of the season. Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners. Now, lefty, A's are 35-16. and 16. Their last 51 at home versus left-handed starters. Matt Olson. 31 home runs. He blasts number 32 today, and the A's collect on minus 132. Sheck, what's your pick of the day? Baseball, right? I felt, well, you would think so, right? <laughs> I, I mean, Damashek's been doing uh, some good work with MLB until mm-hmm. this past weekend. Suddenly, 0 for 2, uh, a, a, a right. hard return to uh, planet Earth here. No, I'm going to go preseason football, Sal. And oh, I'm going to yeah. go, that's right, I'm going preseason football. The, the the games that you shouldn't watch because they're alive for your eyes. They're all Civil War reenactments. This is going to be an ugly one. The Jacksonville Jaguars and their ugly uniforms, they don't jibe with what the Saints have going on <laughs> uniform-wise. Now, you have not one QB battle, but two, theoretically, Urban Meyer says he might go with Minshew come mm-hmm. uh, the start of the season. Here's, what, here's my guess, Sal. This is a guess. We know Sean Payton doesn't care about preseason. Right. So... He does have Jameis versus Taysom, who are both going to be doing their very best to get the starting gig still. Right. On the other side of things, though, I suspect Urban Meyer does want a W here oh. in August. I don't think Sean Payton cares one way or the other. I think Herb doesn't want 
uh, zero in the win column going into his first um, NFL run here in the in a couple of weeks. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars go in there on FanDuel, find the winning margin. There's a four-way winning margin. The Jacksonville Jaguars by one to thirteen points at plus two thirty. Wait a minute, they have this for preseason? You're yes, kidding me? Plus two thirty. Jaguars win this game narrowly over the Saints. Fun oh bet. God, you're right. One through 13 points. As long as it's less than two touchdowns, they went by plus 230. Jaguars. All right, that's a good one. You should be in it for a while. Because Minshew, right, they go Trevor Lawrence, but then Minshew feasts on second and third stringers. <laughs> there so you go. Hard. It's so hard to figure these out. It's but dumb. I, I do I, like what do you want me to do? Baseball again? I'm done with it. I'm done I'm with, with it, you. Sal. And I, by the way, yeah, I got another thing to tell you. I'm I, I don't care about the steroid users and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, you know, for the most part. I resent the guys who were already Hall of Famers who then out of ego were like, Well, I'm not gonna let other guys be famous. So now I have to do it. I'm looking at you, Barry Bonds. But fine if people used it. Is there a sadder case, though, than the 500 home run club? It has been its shine is completely lost Cabrera now, in now because Miguel Cabrera yeah. reaches this 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 legendary, but this iconic club. It's a small it still is only like 28 or 30 human beings ever. Right. Half of them, though, are Rafael Palmero and uh and, and and and, you know, guy, I'm not I almost called him a ham and egger. He was good, but. I don't know that he would have gotten to 500 without the juice. It's just completely been destroyed by the steroids. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think when I turned my back on the 500 home run club. Sosa. So, so I bet you it saying- was Sosa when he started, not just, not when Sosa got the 500. It's when he got real close. Look at, look at the thing. You'll be blown away by like, I think it goes. It Bonds yeah. is, is number one. Hammer and Hank two. Ruth three. And then I think it's Maze four, but it gets weird A-Rod's pretty quick. A Rod's like, no, no, oh, yeah, A Rod. There you go. Catch yeah, up A- there. A Rod six ninety six. Pujols six seventy seven. Although more now, boy, I, I witnessed a, a friggin' rocket launch Saturday right in front. I'm behind the plate and I see him. Like, oh my god, that's still that guy's still got some swing. Yeah, Maze is sixth. I would say Junior's in there. Junior seven at six thirty. I remember when Jim Tomei. And he beat it by a lot. He doesn't have 501. He has 612. I remember. Yeah, oh, that's enough. Jim Tomey is another yeah, that, ridiculous one. But that one. was like that was like 14 years ago, I think. Yeah, 2007 when he. Uh, when it's he also though. This is a good clue. This is a good uh, life tip for uh, for the kids out there. Just tell the truth when you get caught. Just tell the truth. It's better because that because that's what he did. He just he, he went there. He's like. Yeah, I took steroids. That's it. Or I don't even know if he said the word steroids. He's like, yeah, I did it. Sorry, mm-hmm. everybody. As opposed to like Rafael Palmero, like I did, and Mark McGuire. It plagues them. Jim Tomey doesn't have that steroid stink on him nearly to the to the degree that the other guys I just named is. Because right. Tomey in the moment was like, yeah, you got me. Yeah, well, I, that's, I agree. Tell the truth if you can, unless you're Kyle Shannon. Like I said, just lie every time you're Good, uh, right. in the that's uh, the addendum, press right. conference. Yeah, we went Saturday. I took the kids. It was going to be – we had tickets to uh, SummerSlam in Vegas or tickets to the Dodgers-Mets. And I was like, what do, we, what do we do? I left it up to the boys. I'm glad they chose Dodgers-Mets, except I saw them get beat up. <laughs> they lost three out of four to the Dodgers. Of course they win Sunday. And my seven-year-old, he's so stupid. We're watching the game yesterday from home. He's like, why couldn't we go to this game? 
I was like, all right, genius, because we don't know the results. We'd be living in a much bigger house if we uh, knew the results ahead of time. But that's it. But I ate, uh, in these seats I had, which I had to pay for, you get free hot dogs. You know, the blue of the club seats. And Ooh, I started to do you got the, the blue seats? I started to do the math in my head. I'm like, these seats are several hundred dollars. They charge six bucks for a Dodger dog, maybe seven. Can I eat 30 Dodger dogs to make half of it back? No. Can I eat six? Yes, I can. Eight six. And I urge all please, the boys. Please tell me up. that you please tell me yeah. that you actually ate six wieners. I did. I'm not gonna say I ate the buns uh for like the last three or four, but I was it was a long day. You know, you get there and I was like, Yeah, I'm just chewing on them. I'm chewing oh, on them like it's God. jerky, Shaq. I'm just holding Ooh. it. Yeah, it's, I know. I'm disgusting. I'm a disgusting slob, but I had to make up for it. I felt like that was getting back at the Mets. For eating so much, but uh, that wasn't the case. I don't think they cared how many hot dogs they ate. You made yourself like Kevin Mitchell or uh, one of your beloved Metropolitans. That uh, was it. Bat in their glory days when they were many heavy. Says Sid Fernandez. Oh, that's that's well, when Sid. we talk about fat uh, professional athletes. I, I I think history forgets Sid Fernandez a little too quickly. Yeah, I hope a, they don't forget slob. him. He's gonna he's featured prominently on our. Uh, the uh, 30 for 30 doc that comes out September 13th. We'll Six wieners at the ball yard in Chavez but, but Ravine in a three-hour yeah, span. That's a little bit too much, Saul. No, no, no. It actually was uh, less than a three-hour game, I think. Yeah. But anyway, they got beat up. I don't know if you saw the Dodgers uniforms. I did. Um, you don't like that. It's pajamas. I, we won the I, uniform I, battle. So I, that's I, I don't care for that. Yeah, no. I, I, I'm not interested in seeing the Los Angeles Dodgers who – about five, six years ago, when I ranked every uniform in North American sports in our four mm -hmm. major sports, I had the Dodgers ranked very highly. If I, if memory serves, I even had them as our number one Major League Baseball uniform, narrowly beating out the New York Yankees. Um, mm. The crisp white at home and that shade of blue is so nice. And the, what's the key detail, Sal? It's that red number. Makes well, so no that, sense. No, no Why do they have that red that, number? Right? I don't know, no, but I love it. No other team adds a color just with the number, right? I was trying to, I was sitting there with my oldest. I was like, the best uniforms in baseball. He's like, I don't, I hate to say it, Dad. It's, it's Yankees Dodgers. I was like, yeah, you're right. It is. It is. It's beautiful. Well, yeah. the Chargers used to wear a black number on their white helmet. Um, now it's powder blue and matches the rest of the uniforms. Which right. Just, and that was just, the only black in their uniform, though, right? Because the Dodgers, that's what I'm saying. The Dodgers, that's the only red. In their uniform is the Pittsburgh number. Steelers. Mm -hmm. They're two of their three hypercycloids, only on one side of the hat. Pink. The ongoing middle finger to pro football. Oh. Uh, we're, we're only going to put the logo on one side. Two of those three hypercycloids, red and blue, of Ooh. course. It was black right. and gold, but also a little red and blue. Very weird. Very weird. Hey, uh, babyface Joel Solomon saw Chargers 49ers. You proclaim that uniform matchup the best of the year so far. Two weeks in the uniform. Yeah, it's a big up. upset because you'll remember that I gave uniform matchup of the year. The Shecky Award winner um, back at the very end of 2020 was your Dallas Cowboys playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's yep. summoned memories of of Super Bowls past. Um, but yeah, Chargers hosting the uh, the Niners was 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 just glorious to, mm. to look at. Joel, I, was I, I it glorious? Swooned. How was it in the stadium? Jump in here, babyface. It was uh that was like the first stadium since the Barclays Center in Brooklyn where you you're walking in and you're like this is the future of stadiums. Oh. This is 
uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, the sound, just the sound was impressive. And uh, the, <laughs> the sound. In, oh the, yeah. They were like pumping in just audio everywhere. Wow. And, and like a, like an NBA game, you know how NBA teams, they have like a guy that's just constantly uh, like an in-stadium announcer. That, yeah. 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 I've never been to one, a football game where it, they Every every break, they were doing some sort of in stadium game. It, I don't it, know if I like that. Yeah, it was a little we much. Come on, it, we don't it, need that. It was a little much uh, to keep your interest, but uh, I mean, you know, noted uh, Charger fan Julian Huff was there. Sean White. Uh, mm. So, it was, but as beautiful as it was, the Chargers uh, still still not a home home game for them. Now, was, I, I hired an obese woman to throw a sixteen ounce soda on you. Did you did she meet up with you? Did she find you? There was an obese Eagles fan that vomited everywhere, which uh, <laughs> an I, Eagles fan. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of yeah. held over from last year when he woke up in the seats. What well, was it was that? like a, it was a little bit of London. Uh, imagine what a London yeah. game is going to Inglewood. You're you're just getting a uh, tons of random fans that just want to see a football game. Yeah, and but still uh, not. You said still not mostly Chargers fans. They were most really Niners. I, I would go ninety percent. At least. What? Yeah, ninety percent. Uh, but that shouldn't stun everybody. The the p- way people 90, react to this. Ninety. Ninety is a. I, I will push back. Eighty-five. I, I Eighty-five. There. Really? It was that. It was really that Come big. On. It was tilted. Remember, the Rams left for twenty years. There were no Chargers. They were down two hours, three hours mm. south. That vacuum was filled by teams like that were relevant. The Niners. It's going to take a while for for uh, Angelinos. So. This is not this is not Columbus, Ohio, or even Las Vegas, Nevada, where you just drop a team into into the second biggest city in America and expect everybody to swoon. It's going to take a minute. Everybody's got to settle down a little bit. This All is right. part of what it is to be in a city that people want to be in. Is people come from different cities, and a portion of them come from the Bay Area. That's it. It's not. It's not that. It's not a, even Chargers and Rams officials kind of like. Oh, it's not a great look. Yeah, your stadium's full. That's what matters. It's oh, a, we got to get it to cool. sixty forty though. It can't. It's embarrassing. Okay. If it's I, I'm with you. It will, it'll get we there in five years. And by, by the way, it's going to be there by the end of this season because Justin Herbert and his Chargers are going to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and win the West this year. Bet on. Well, it. imagine if they when they go to the Super Bowl and it's ninety uh, percent Falcons fans like that. That'll that'll suck. That would be weird. I think uh, you can look for a Chargers and Rams Super Bowl. All L.A. in oh, L.A. Grand new Stadium. You're calling that's it already. Wow. Chargers that's it. Rams. I, I, I'm not changing my pick now. That's the that's your Super I gotta Bowl. I got to I haven't settled on it. What did Harry say, Joel? Uh, uh, the Browns and Browns and Rams. Browns and Rams. All right. Everyone's got Rams. All right. I'm, I'm going to think about this. We'll have it. It's coming up. We're going to do we're going to do rapid fire check. One of these shows. Every okay. division, we're going to knock it out in like five minutes. Every division, every uh, player award, we'll do it probably next week is the time Who? to uh, jump. Me? Me and you. Yeah, you and I. We're going to do rapid fire. Maybe you should just put spaghetti like with a Dave mask on or something. You think I'm capable what? of rapid fire going through? I know, no. I know. Well, I'll cut you off. I'll just be like, like yeah. All right, I'll be like. Takes me uh, thirty-seven minutes to order a meal at a restaurant. You know that. How's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rapid fire through my season it. picks. This is uh, soup Nazi. You get your food and you go. AFC right, South we'll division winner. Titans minus one ten. Go. Who's your pick? Like that's how NFC we'll do it. South. 
Well, I mean, like if Sam Darnold can... We're already... Yeah. Yeah. See, it's it's going to be hard. All right. Maybe we'll do this with somebody else. I don't know. Okay. Bring Martin Weiss in. Uh, He's brought up spaghetti. Pour one out for Eddie. Emotional time. Henrik Lundqvist (laughs) retires. Very sad. Spaghetti. I mean, obviously, your favorite And Hench yelled at him the other day. I don't even know why on minus three. That was an all-time screed. I saw that. That was very, very strange. Yelling at Yankees. You know, I I forwarded it to the other, to the against all odds uh, text chain. I said, if you want to really hear what a bona fide lunatic sounds like, please listen to the first seven minutes. That guy, that Hench has emotional problems. Yes, he does. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Speaking of emotional problems, Eddie Spaghetti. Hank How emotional? You want to say goodbye? You want to give up? Proper props to Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, I just, I mean, he was up there, top two, three favorite athletes ever. You know, a lot of these guys, like, you know, Jeter's a good example of a guy who I was just a little too young to see his beginning of his career where oh Hank, my God. Hank was a guy, yeah, because what, Jeter was 96, right? Too so young for Jeter. I was four years old uh, <laughs> when Jeter, when, when Jeter first came to the scene, but Hank was a guy that I was you know, watching every game of the Rangers. And he was this late round pick, this Swedish goalie. We didn't know much of him. He became a guy that really took some pretty average Rangers teams and made them into the playoffs. Um, I really wish we got a, a Stanley Cup for that guy because no one deserved it more. But mm. yeah, it's quite sad. And he'll be one of my favorite players ever. And I'm glad that they're retiring his number. And uh, I would love to get to go to that game uh, whenever the, they announced the date of that at MSG, that'll be a special night. But yeah, Hank Lundquist really uh, brought me a lot of good memories and, uh, you know, couldn't say anything uh, more yeah, about the guy. He he was really as good as it gets. And a consummate New Yorker, right? Hey, hey Henrik Lundquist, hey, you want to share a cat, right? I don't know. No, that, that, <laughs> exactly I mean, what he, he had, sounds like. Well, but that's the thing. I mean, he had to overcome all that. Check, is he a top 10 goalie of all time? Top ten goalie. Wow, I, I sixth all time count him up. I'll say yes. I'll say I'll say yes. I'll say sixth, he is sixth all time wins. All right. The most overrated of all time is uh, is Marty Brodeur. As good as he is, and probably <laughs> top three or four all time of the guys I saw. A little scooch overrated. That if we're uh, talking goalies in our lifetime, Patty Wah is certainly number one and number two is grant Fuhrer, and then maybe we can start talking about marty brodeur but settle down everybody we could talk about billy smith ahead of all those guys but i get i get what you're saying uh hey let's jump in there minus three here's what we're gonna do you'll do an episode tuesday and then you'll do another one thursday right right. you you need hench we said hench could come on tuesdays too no he actually needs the full week to wind down right i mean he's so back do yourself a favor If you love the Yankees, if they frustrate you, or if you hate the Yankees especially, go listen to Hench. He just, right out of the gate, like, hey, Hench, how are you? He just went into, like, a a 47-minute long monologue about I don't even know. And not written down. And those all these players and the OBP. Oh, and they put really, really, really spent six million dollars. This guy I mean, he's, he's, he's six foot. Jed six Hoyer he's got in the bag for the Yankees. Why? Yeah. Why? Is, yeah. Why? Why OBP. is that, Jed yeah. Hoyer? 32 oh, ERA in single A. Guess what he was when they brought him up? 39 ERA because he sucks in the minor leagues. He's not going to be good in the major. Oh, it just went This on. is a Red Sox fan, too. The yeah, team that's won four world championships right. in the last 17 years, and he's he's crying about the, the Yankees. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, the irony is so good. Uh, against all odds, tomorrow we're going over NFC South, and then Thursday we're going over NFC West, and then we'll be done 
previewing these divisions. Yeah, we went at it with Harry, Shaq. We're back and forth with this Kirk Cousins thing. He doesn't understand. He's going over. No, no, no. This guy has missed one game in five. Like, it's different this year. Don't I really don't think he gets the new. I don't think he gets CNN. I don't think he knows what the hell's going on here with this COVID. But the protocols are such that it's going to be bad for players who are not vaccinated. You've said it over over and over, and I'm going under and under with the Lamar Jacksons and the Kirk Cousins of the world, and that's how we're going to benefit off this pandemic, right? Because they have to isolate themselves if they're near anyone who tests positive as a the, result of their vaccination status. Yeah, I yeah, I, we, we don't need to do a deep dive on the Vikings right now, but right. yes, their liability as uh, he is middle class through and through. Kirk Cousins, he's a nice fella. He's a middle class quarterback. They're so loaded with weapons, though. That's the thing. Don't get distracted. Great by fantasy the, team. Great right. fantasy. That's exactly right. a lot of fun. I had Harry give me four thousand yards, and I get Kellen Mond, and he gets Kirk Cousins, and we'll see what happens. I, I'm plus four thousand yards. I, I definitely, you know, Zimmer is frustrated by Cousins' behavior. You yeah. know that they obviously have a kid now. Cousins is not long for Minnesota. This mm. all adds up to it. The first sign of trouble for eight, they'll go with the kid. There you go. All right. So against all odds, we go over to the South and the West this week. Like I said, minus three. Coming up, lots of good football, college football at the end of the week. Lots of fun. Just a reminder for everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. (laughs) 